Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the Beyond the Mic star line by Ellen Morton, official armchair explorer to the world, co-writer of the second edition of the book Atlas Obscura, an explorer's guide to the world's hidden wonders. Welcome, Ella. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Let's go Beyond the Mic. You were born in New Zealand, raised in Australia. Who influenced your love of exploration of the world? Oh my, so many people. Uh, Primarily my mother and father because they traveled far and wide to even meet each other. Uh, My mother is American and she met my father in New Zealand. So just from that you can tell that it's a family that likes to travel. And I think even just growing up in Australia, you're so accustomed to being so far away from most of the world that once you get out there, you really make the most of it. You studied at the University of New South Wales studying English, theater, psychology, and sociology. Did you not have a decision on what you wanted to do when you grew up, or was it just one of those things that you wanted to explore everything? Yeah, you know, I I had a lot of interests. I wanted to develop them sort of simultaneously. Uh, I I mainly ended up gravitating toward English, so that's been quite common, quite uh, ever-present since high school, really, but I'd like to find out about psychology and sociology and how the world works, so... I think all of us at Atlas Obscura are very curious people. That's the one commonality. You also spent time as a reporter in Brooklyn. What was your best moment as a reporter? Ooh, it's tough, but I think visiting the set of Sesame Street is a definite highlight and being able to interview Elmo and Cookie Monster and having uh, Cookie Monster show me his techniques for eating cookies and having Elmo make up a song about me, that was, that was a pretty special day. What made your other co-writers and you, Joshua and Dylan, the perfect trio for this project? Ooh, well, Josh and Dylan had met each other a few years before they met me, and they started out with Obscura in 2009, and they were drawing on their own experiences as kids having gone on road trips with the family and then getting older and going on explorations and trips of their own. And they started the website to just log all of these places, really, to talk about the um, the uh, Dr. Semmelweis Museum in Budapest and uh, the random roadside attractions that they'd stumbled upon. And so they'd been going for about two years before they met me, and they'd built this website into something huge that a lot of people around the world were contributing to. And once they decided to write a book, that's when I came into the mix, and I met them, and we started talking about how I used to take an encyclopedia to bed when I was a kid, and they seemed to have decided that that was, uh, that was like one of the main criteria for joining Atlas Obscura is just this endless curiosity. So I think all three of us are a nerdy triumvirate of um, curious and adventurous people. Well, according to atlasobscura.com, you've been to 238 places, seven which you haven't visited yet, and tried 32 foods. (laughs) Which one of those is next on your list to visit? Oh my gosh, I'll have to look at what I wrote. I I have to say, I think that list is uh, out of date, because I've definitely eaten more than 32 foods in my life. Let me see. What did I list as places I want to go? Oh, wow. Well, I definitely want to go to La Specula, which is this anatomical collection in Florence. And it ties in with my more general fascination of medical museums and anatomical specimens. This one is actually wax. 
so there are these um, cadavers, essentially, that have been recreated in wax, and they go back to the 18th century. This guy who was very famous in Florence and beyond named uh, Clementi Cezzini. Uh, the locals, I think, were a little bit disturbed by his wax models of corpses, but I think they're fascinating, and I would love to see them. When you first started the editing portion of this project, what was the first thing you wish you kept in the book, but you didn't? Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to remember, because uh, the second edition was all about adding things rather than taking them away. But um, I think the first time around, uh, just sort of following on from the fascination with medical museums, we put a few too many things in there that were sentimental favorites, but they sort of occupied the same category. And so we would get these amusing comments from our editor saying, like, can you please just pick your top five museums of dermatological diseases? Or can you narrow down the uh, the bone churches to three? So um, there were places that didn't ultimately make the cut just because they were similar to other places, but it was sort of bittersweet because by themselves they are incredible. Between Josh, Dylan, and you, which one is the most daring of the eaters? Eaters? Oh. I mean, I think... We're all pretty daring. I, I went to a uh, bug-themed Thanksgiving banquet last year in which I ate cockroaches, but um, I'd say Dylan is the most daring in general. He's the one that will uh, leap off a cliff on a zip line that is very precarious or walk across a grass bridge that looks like it's about to fall into a valley. So I guess I would have to nominate Dylan. Which one of you speaks the most languages? Oh, it's not me. I can tell you that much for sure. How many, um, how many languages do you speak? I speak one, <laughs> barely. <laughs> I don't know. We, we need to have a, evidently we need to have a party where we get to know each other better. It's tricky because we live in different places now, so uh, we don't so much see each other in person all the time anymore. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I just know it's not me. We're joined beyond the mic by Ellen Morton, co-writer of the second edition of the book Atlas Obscura. The Explorer's Guide to the World's Hidden Wonders. You've volunteered your time as a crisis service volunteer, writing mentor, and helped run storytelling sessions for children. Why was Mm -hmm. giving back so important to you? Uh, I think, well, what those have in common, the, the three main places that I've volunteered at, is that they involve working with mostly teenagers and mostly in ways that are creatively expressive. And when I was a teenager, I know I had difficulty expressing my emotions and being able to tell people if something was wrong. And I used to express myself in writing or uh, in theater classes or in various forms of creative expression. And so I just remember that being really valuable to me. And as an adult, I like to be on the other side and to encourage that expression in younger people. You have another project that you're working on called Outback. Everything comes back yeah. home to Australia. I know. I can't I can't help it. Um so this is it's actually out now. It came out on October first and it's a book with a really cool technology called Foticular technology, which is also known as lenticular. And it's essentially moving images in a book. So almost like video when you turn the pages of a book. And it's part of a series. And this one is called Outback. It's about Australian animals. And you get to watch them scamper around as you read about them. And 
as I mean, I moved to the U.S. 10 years ago, and always when people found out where I was from, they would ask me about the deadly animals in Australia. So it, it felt apt that I got to write about them. I know there's one great fact in that book that you want to always tell people. Tell us about the wombat. <laughs> I love this. So wombats are the only animals in the world that produce cubic feces. And um, this has actually been studied. There is an animal waste expert who has looked at the physiology of the wombat, who has looked at the water consumption, and uh, the fact that wombats tend to stack their feces to form walls. And it's a sort of combination of, of all three factors, but we don't know exactly why it happens. It's just a mystery of the wombat. But you can bet that I included that detail in this book. How many of the seven continents have you been on? Oh, I think uh, five. I haven't been to Antarctica or the Arctic because I hate the cold. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, take me to a warm place anytime, but winter, ugh. Why was it so important to update Atlas Obscura for the second edition? Uh, well, there were, there were so many reasons. I mean, the, the second book in particular, we did have an imbalance in the first book in terms of how many places we included in various parts of the world. And we knew even as we, even as the first book came out, that we did not have enough places in Africa or the Middle East. And we really wanted to correct that in the second version. And so now there's a much better Balance. We've included a, a bunch of new places in Africa, the Middle East, and parts of Asia that we, we didn't quite have enough. And so it really does feel like a more global offering rather than being imbalanced. You are known as a museum fiend, and you love going to museums. So <laughs> yes. of the museums in the U.S., what's the one museum that everyone should go see? Ooh, that's tricky because, I mean, my favorites are obvious ones like the Met. Uh, you know what I really love is um, the New York Transit Museum, which is in Brooklyn. And it has a bunch of old trains just sitting on it, – it's actually in a disused subway station. So there are all these old train cars on tracks that have been converted into the museum. And you can just walk in these train cars, and they have ads in them that are very carefully aligned with the era that these train cars come from. So it goes all the way back to the early 20th century. And I love that place. It's, it's a small museum, relatively speaking, but I would definitely recommend going there. Well, time's running out, so it's time for the Rocking Eight. It's the first thing that comes to your mind. There's no pressure on this. Okay. Last thing you bought yourself. Oh, um, a... a piece of jerky as a snack what's one thing you told yourself when you were young i'm going to write about that and then you did oh things around the world most underappreciated place to visit in australia oh um the northern beaches of sydney your biggest pet peeve <laughs> uh people who walk slowly on crowded sidewalks Favorite genre of literature? Mm. I do love speculative science fiction-y stuff. What's the one thing that people close to you don't know? 
Oh, um, wow, this is getting deep. The Rocking Eight is not for those faint of heart. <laughs> I know, I know. And I, I feel like this should be, uh, the answer should come much faster. What do people don't know? Um, wow. Uh, well, some people probably don't know that I originally came to New York to do acting and improv and was considering myself very much a performer and then just sort of became a writer. If you could change one mistake or one thing from your life, what would it be? I didn't actually graduate college, and I, I feel very self-conscious about it in a lot of scenarios. So I, I would actually finish my degree. If you could travel anywhere at any time period, where and when would you go? I would love to go to Shakespeare's. London, just to be able to go to the Globe and experience those plays as they originally were. She knows odd facts about wombats, once interviewed Cookie Monster, and hates slow walkers on the sidewalk. Co-author of the book Atlas Obscura, an explorer's guide to the world's hidden wonders, Ella Morton, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. Beyond the Mic.